Okay, Mr. Ng Chung Lam of uh, Penang-based Ng Enki and Sons. This is a family business that goes as far back as the 1936, which I believe is what yes. you told me. Yeah. Your father's time, your grandfather's time. And you have, I think, by and large, been a private company even since those days, right? So you have had the, you've had the benefit of um, seeing many economic cycles come and go, world wars come and go. Um, of course, the business has survived and of course prospered through those years. I, what perhaps the theme of our discussion can really be the changing uh, world order and how you see the shift of energy and the shift of power and the shift of money from the West to the East, right? And right now we're in a change our era of transition for high volatility. In terms of yourself at Ng Enki and Sons, right? You're involved in all kinds of businesses, property, hospitality, retail, etc. Very diversified. How are you reading the world order now? How are you, deal how are you dealing with it? There's some basic principles uh, need to be looked at. You see, there's a golden rule. Always try to diversify your business to different sectors because you can't take a high risk depend on one business sector. If what happens if, say, technology change or maybe the market consumer pattern change, that company will just collapse. But, of course, as a CEO of the, of the group or any company, you need to look forward what will be the track and opportunity that you, we can encounter. So you need to plan the strategy, how to overcome all this. And I always believe doing business, you always have this uh, golden principle which I always follow. Doing business, you need integrity and your trust and respect from others. It's not a money concern, right? As long you don't harm people, you do something good for the community, the business will come, right? And always, always keep cash about 30% and property and asset is about 40 to 30. And the rest, if you have extra money, you can go for further investment or maybe divert your business to other industry where they can give you more, better opportunity. So in your mind now, after having seen so many cycles, right, what industries are still going to be relevant going forward? I think there's a lot of opportunity for you to do a research, right? I mean, everyone have a chance to do a research in, on the market. How the, this global move, uh, business is moving. We all know that today, IA technology is dominate the world. I mean, big data, uh, or even some of the online business is coming up now. The traditional way of doing business, it could be slowly eaten up. But I will say you have to follow this, this type of trend. In this world, today the political and economic is not very uncertainty because a lot of challenge. The wealth distribution among the nation is not well balanced now. It's even The gap is even greater now. So, to do that, certain things that you need to identify. I would say automation, business, big data, and healthcare, and green energy, particular energy now, need to be addressed. So, as the head of this company, Ng uh, Enki, it's a private business. Yeah. Okay. Profitable, for sure, I think. Yeah. Uh, it also means you don't have external shareholders to um, appease or quarterly earnings to also adhere to? I have a 
external shareholder with a joint venture. I see. Also, some company I'm wholly, wholly owned on that. I see. So, because you can't depend on your own self, because we are not expert in everything. So, sometimes you see some talent people who have the technology in hand, but they don't have uh, the money to, or capital to invest. So, you will see how his character and his behavior. And some is very good, talented, and good ethic people. Okay, so with this current structure in place, right, how are you investing in these new industries that we just described? Some can be private placement, some can be a joint venture, and some I just buy the share. Okay, so public shares, public shares, shares. and on the listing, sir. I see. Yeah. I see. So, which market interests you right now? If you look at today global uh, movement, you look at EU or even you look at the US, the American side, over supply of money. They keep on printing money during the pandemic period. If you look at their trade, they are mostly in the deficit and which is 10 years to 20 years. Their trade deficit since ever since 1973 until now, never see the surplus and they keep on printing money M2, which is so huge. Today is over excess of 9 trillion against their GDP, about 130% above 100. So these are things, is a track. If you are not careful, you believe that the Americans still in the very strong economy. But I will say today, the Americans just rely on the finance sector and services sector. But the manufacturing sectors and uh, is not there already. They're all moving to the Asia region. So opportunity will be much better we invest in Asia region or the Middle East. Now also you look at Middle East, they know that one day the oil will not be well dimmed, will be not be in good demand. So they need to diversify their economy, just like having agriculture, manufacture sector and services sector. You see the core economy of any nation, you need to comprise with agriculture sector, manufacture sector and services sector. Service of course including finance and the legal, I mean services also or logistics. So, when you have that, your national security will be much better. But those countries who don't have resources, like Singapore, you see, they are depend on services, but they don't have manufacture, but they have the very high-tech technology on research side, so they can sell off their know-how. So, how do you see the Malaysian economy now? Where are the situations as how you see it? Because of our political situation, the party are struggling each other. There's no master plan, the real master plan of the economy, right? So far, nobody knows what is the direction will look like. They just keep on saying, invite foreign investor come in or even local investor come in. But when your political is unstable, you don't expect huge investment coming in. You look at this few weeks, when the US index was up, Malaysian currency was down suddenly from 4.18 to 4.40. And this is a signal to us. Unless we have to do something on this. Any nation need to be have a strong economy. You need talent. That's why we stage have been telling us. Without skill and talent people, you can't run the company one. So it's the same for nation. So what's your advice to Malaysian entrepreneurs who want to succeed? Do they stay here? Do they go abroad? Do they transition their customer base 
from Malaysia to the rest of the world? Do they focus on America, which is still rich but getting poorer? Do they focus on China, which is getting richer but a bit unknown? Do they try and sell to the Middle East, where it's a bit further away? What's your advice? There's no hard rule. Unless it, our enterprise, I mean our enter, Malaysian enterprise need to have more dialogue with the government to let them understand what is happening in Malaysia now. We're short of talent. A lot of talent people are going out. It's just, i give you one example. In Penang, you know the electronic industry is quite huge, right? Maybe on the fourth position in the world. But we are short of 8,000 engineers. That is very conservative figure. And some say 15,000. You can have a foreign investor come in, but you don't have people to provide. That's why the salary keep on increase and the cost keep on increase. Education became very vital to the industry. We need to develop all these type of skilled people. Assuming the government doesn't play its part and you cannot rely on them and you have to rely on yourself and your business, okay. how do you position the business? Do you look at China? If you look at China, Changlam, how do you strategize for China? What does it take to succeed in China? You see, as an enterprise, I, if say I feel that Malaysia have no opportunity, then I will start moving overseas. Now, I have to look at the country GDP group and where is it, are they have a very powerful consumer purchase. Consumer power is very important for the market, right? Second, are they have a lot of infrastructure behind to back up, like banking services, the transportation system. These are things need to be considered on. And how that particular country, the political, are they stable or not? Are their rule and law are in order? These are things need to consider. If say any country who have fulfilled this type of requirement to the foreigner investor, I think I'm sure a lot of investors would like to come in. First thing, your infrastructure is there, your services are there, your skilled people is there, your market is there, your supply chain is there. And that's how competitiveness, the degree of competitiveness is there. And that's why that nation definitely will be the richest. Do you do business in China, Chongnam? Yes. In fact, in, since 1994, I shift part of my business into China. What do you do there? I do the property development on the office tower building and also do the, I build the condo, the luxury condo in Guangdong, the uh, Chongsan town. All this, of course, it's a timing also. Because at that time, China don't have a very good economic status. So they need a lot of foreign investors coming. When foreign investors rush into China, they felt that, hey, they don't have facility like office block, or even some of the, the fact the, the basic factory in the, uh, manufacture base is not there. That's why I start to, to develop this area and including the hotel also. Because investors come in, they also like to stay in the proper hotel. What does it take to succeed uh, in doing business in China? Okay, go back to the golden rule. As a businessman, you need to build out your own trust, credibility. Your credibility is very important. You see, whatever you say, you need to deliver. So, when you go to any foreign country, like even in China, it's the same. When you tell the, the authorities, say, oh, I want to invest this, they will help you to look for the piece of land 
and they will also help you on how to build up the surrounding infrastructure like water supply so this thing need to be addressed and the second thing you must prepare yourself that you need to have a very solid finance to run the business you don't go there and say oh i want to borrow from the bank they won't trust because you're not solid enough whatever you promise or you come you sign the agreement you make sure you deliver without money investor you need to go for feasibility study everything before you start once you build up and it's very successful like i give you one example when i build a office tower in siaman right in front of the waterfront is a prime prime land is a intelligent building energy saving the compressor is on the top of the roof is coming down all the way so it save a lot of energy and the view that we designed that building is 270 degree to see the sea view the lift normally the building lift is at the center of the building but we put it at the back so that we have space about 270 can see the sea view then i invite the multinational company like the charter bank ocbc big four the auditor firm some insurance company like pingan and even pingan yingat bank and also the logistic company like mars airline thai airline evergreen all this coming in so these are multinational company and even china petroleum also coming in i realized that in china when you do any sales turnover or cost sales revenue there's always a local tax 3% for the local government you look at this company the turnover is so huge right so the whole building receive the local tax to the local government siaman government 300 million a year just one building just one building and they just give me the title that this building is an economic young building and what does that mean in terms of how china does business this tax this approach how is the china way of doing business different from the western way of doing business china doing business is like that you need to be black and white is the same like western side but depend on your own character you see as i say whatever you promise you need to deliver but if you face the the issue or problem during the the mid of process you may sit down and sincerely discuss with the authority they will help you one but one thing i will advise people don't ever go and violate the china law whatever the regulation they impose don't over violate it because in the past i saw the first time they went to mainland china doing business they have double accounting system <laughs> one for their own one from the government so less profit there in reality the profit is there but they don't disclose it they don't declare it. so they only pay pay that less tax however the china government authority is already know they use a computer whatever you turn over your productivity all this data they will collect it one day i was sitting with the the tax bureau chief that's in chongsan he said chonglam one thing i want to tell you among all the factory you are the only one have one account book <laughs> that means you are real you are not escape any tax at all but the rest is not either but we know we know they are escape from tax but we don't catch them at this moment 
When the amount is huge, then we go and impose and penalty them in the very heavy. So trust is important in China? That's right. So you see, when I built a building in Xiamen, right? And after it's a very successful story. That's why the Zhongshan government heard about that. They came to Xiamen and see me, would you like to invite to invest in Zhongshan? So track record. So it's a track record. What if you fail on one? Do you have a chance to come back? Once you fail on one, I think it's quite difficult to come back. Because you see, you, you, you must put ourselves in the position of the local government people. If I'm a mayor or I'm a party secretary of that particular city, if one project which I granted and is failed, huge project, problem, I got problem also. I will step down easily. But if I can make the local GDP grow, means that I have a chance to promote up. So you should also help them on, on this type of thing. That's why when I build all this, we, I create a lot of revenue for the local government. And one more thing, whatever you make the profit in China, you make sure you contribute back something to the community. What I did is I built school, three schools. Start from my grandfather, my father and myself. We build up. Because, as I say, education system is very vital for the nation's interest. So China sounds to be very orderly, very regulated. Yes. How important is hierarchy in China? You have to respect the hierarchy, you see. The communist system is like that. Party secretary is number one, right? The administrator is called mayor or called prime minister. So the prime minister or the mayor report to the party secretary one, like Li Keqiang report to Xi Jinping, just like that. So the part, actually the Communist Party control the whole nation, but the administrator is run by these people, but also came from the party member, right? So they have this type of uh, a bureaucracy on this. So this, these are the things I like to share to, for those people who like to go to China or even Hong Kong now. Are you concerned that uh, America is unhappy with China's emergence? Definitely, because uh, I think if you look at it, I mean, we have to do business, as I say, we also need to understand the history. I mean, you, learning history is no harm, because history always repeats. Americans in the past, ever since the Second World War, they have been nominated the world, because they are the richest country after the Second World War, because they sell weapons, to Europe, they sell weapons to Asia. So they earn a lot of money. They are the huge manufacturer in the, in the world at that time. That means they built tanker, aeroplane, everything. At that time, American holding almost 85% of the gold reserve fund. And they command in the one of the conference that US will dominate, US currency will dominate the world by, back up by the gold per ounce per $38 will exchange one ounce of, one gram of gold. So when does China overtake America, do you think? Actually, China won't, didn't overtake America until recently only. So it has overtaken? 2014 onward. So in other words, if you are to give some advice to people now, it is maybe to position for the future into those industries that you mentioned, but also to look towards Asia and specifically China. Yeah in terms of target market. Is that what you're trying to say? You need to be partner with China now. You see, we can have a supply chain partnership 
or even a, a cast, uh, your market segment, I mean, penetrate the market in, into China because they are the biggest consumer market now. The, 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 the people are rich, much richer than the Southeast Asia people now. You can't compare as compared to before 2000 years ago when I went to China. A hundred learning P, you can spend almost one week. And it's a luxury. But today you can't. It's just one entertainment on just about four or five person. I mean, in the proper restaurant. At least now three to four thousand learning P. That's about two thousand ringgit. Yes. It's a lot. So to a Malaysian people now going to China is a quite heavy burden. <laughs> If I could summarize your advice to other businessmen into three things, mm. what would they be? First, you must have your own credibility. And of course, hardworking is there. You can't escape it. And always respect each other with a communication, good communication skill. And always keep on learning. Credibility, hard work, respect, and continuous learning. That's four. Stan Chung Lam, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Welcome. That was amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs>